All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the High Ground Podcast. Um, I am your host, Darth Chaco, and I'm excited because I have a bunch of people who I have been able to meet over this time, awesome content creators, and just cool people who all happen to be teachers, who all happen to love Star Wars. I'm not convinced that's just a coincidence, but we're going to go into it a little bit further. We're going to do that right now on the High Ground. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the High Ground Podcast. Uh, how's everyone doing today? <laughs> Woo. I'm good. Sorry. No, I, I, I get that. Um, Sorry. My dog Suki makes a lot of appearances uh, in the same vein. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. She was just like barking at something under the thing. So I wanted to kind of grab her before she. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go on. Go. I was going to say that's also fitting for teachers because anytime I have a pet in a kid's classroom or like a kid's room where they're doing their Zoom, I'm like, you got to show me the pet. It's the pet tax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Required. Awesome. I love it. Well, uh, we'll get started. And again, for everyone, this is, you know, meant to be conversational. I usually call on someone to get things started, but feel free to jump in with your guys' stories and we don't have to stick too closely to the script. But I want to start by getting everyone to tell us, you know, who are you, where we can find your content. And um, this is it's a, a couple things here. There's a multifaceted question, right? If you are a teacher in Star Wars, what do you teach in Star Wars? Are you a, a Mandalorian instructor? Are you uh, are you teaching young younglings? Um, are you like. I don't know, teaching uh, Skywalkers in the Chiss Ascendancy. I just read the new Thrawn book, and it's awesome. Um, so, yeah, what do you what do you teach? Uh, who's your star pupil? And if you're training Boba Fett and you're like, this guy's an idiot, um, you know? And uh, who's, who's the worst? I imagine Anakin's the worst student of all time, but that's just me. Um, I, for this, I'm going to go to uh, Fern first. Hello. Um, so I'm Fern. You can find me at uh, on TikTok at Always Fern. Um, I also uh, co-host a podcast with Julia called Star Wars English Class. Um, and hang on, I got to pull up my notes because I've already forgotten the questions. What What would you like to teach in Star Wars? Oh yes, yes, yes. So I mean, I think I would have to be some sort of instructor within the Jedi Order. Um, I, it would not be a fern appearance on a podcast if I don't talk about the Jude Watson Jedi Apprentice and Jedi Quest books. Um, and in those books, we get to see uh, a little bit of everyday Jedi life, um, including some of the classes Padawans and younglings take. Um, and so I think I would probably teach not like, not any sort of lightsaber course or piloting course, but like, I don't know, a Jedi history course. I'm an English teacher in real life, but I feel like I would, I could really get behind uh, teaching Jedi history to like 14 year old Padawans. So I think that's what <laughs> I teach. And I think the star student would have to be Reith Silas, right? He is probably the best student in the entire Star Wars canon to date. Um, and we're my answer. <laughs> it's the go-to answer. He's a, uh, 
he's a good, good boy. Um, <laughs> a very de- dedicated, diligent student. Um, I, I have to say, like, Anakin Skywalker was my first go-to response for worst student. I don't know if I want to, like, label anyone that way. I don't know if I want to label anyone as, like, the worst <laughs> student, but... It doesn't. It doesn't mean that they can't be reached. It just, just uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but all right, I, I appreciate it. And uh, let's uh, let's go to Matt next. So if I could teach anything in Star Wars, that's a tough one. Honestly, I've always been drawn to the Jedi, like always, um, like ever since I was a little kid. Yeah, the Mandalorians were cool. The clones were always cool. Like you know, the soldiers and stuff. But Hazel. You agree? Um, but I think I would definitely be a Jedi. I, I think the my, the best student I could possibly ask for, I think would probably be Obi Wan, just because I just think he's the goat. He's he's always <laughs> been one of my favorite characters. Or um, Ahsoka, just because I'm biased. Uh, but I think the worst again, my worst would probably have to be Anakin as well. Like, that's just kind of the obvious answer for a lot of these. Uh, or Pong Krill. Pong Krill is always the answer for the worst of anything. That's that's true. Pong Krill misunderstands the, uh, <laughs> the, the assignment. <laughs> um, and then also, real quick, uh, where can we find uh, you and your content? Oh, yeah. Forgot about that part. Uh, you can find me on TikTok uh, at The Matman Show. Um, I do like Church of Star Wars skits, you know, um, voice impressions, things like that. Star Wars, Marvel, nerd things, all, all things nerdy. Yeah. Awesome content. I've, I've been following you, you forever. So I, I, I appreciate you coming out and, uh, and slumming Absolutely. it over here. And then, um, and we also have Sarah. Miss Marauder. Hey. Your thoughts? Uh, so I'm Sarah. You can find me on uh, TikTok at Miss Marauder. Um, my content is a little all over the place, um, but right now it's mostly me and my daughter dressing up um, in our Agatha Harkness cosplays. Um, I think I want to say if I was a teacher in Star Wars, I would like to pick something cooler. It's like the Harry Potter thing where you want to say that you teach defense against the dark arts, but really it's the history of magic. I think it would probably be like, I'm, I'm an English teacher, so it would probably be like deconstructing the Jedi texts, looking for the themes of, you know, the stories and things like that. Um, I think I'm going to go with an unconventional pick for my best student. I'm going to say Finn, um, because I am also a teacher that's worked with adult students and adult students that are trying to further their education always have like a real big drive to it. So I think finding out that he's force sensitive later in his life, I think he's going to feel like he has something to prove and he's going to really go above and beyond. Um, I'm going to have a controversial pick for worst student. Um, I'm going to say Grogu. Um, and I'm gonna say not because Grogu is going to be a bad student, but because his dad is going to be hitting me up constantly. Um, I would complain, but you know, he's going to be like, why do you get it this great? What, when's this one due? Give me a, a status report. You know, he's going to be really kind of, you know, one of those parents that won't leave me alone. So because of that, I would start to get a little bit annoyed with him. I could, I could see him being a helicopter dad for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. And, um, and I, I apologize. Did I get you, Julia? You dropped out for a second and I messed with no. my mind. 
I'm, I'm assuming the audio is, is, I'm following the audio. I'm not following people's faces because I'm hearing things and I'm not, might just be me not seeing the faces moving. So I'm going to assume that if I'm following the audio, I'm That's okay. a good assumption. Everything else is, is moving. I can see okay, everyone cool. clearly. I'm not talking so. over anyone because right now Sarah is speaking on video to my eyes. Oh. So that's uh, that's odd. Just just close yeah. your eyes. Close your eyes and barrel okay. through. I'll just. Do it. But yeah, I'm I'm Julia um, uh, Julia Christine seventy seven um, on TikTok. I am the other host of Star Wars English Class podcast with Fern. Um, I am a fourth year PhD student, uh, PhD candidate. I should make sure I give myself the credit of having passed my exams. Um, so I actually teach uh, at the uh, university level right now. Um, right now I'm teaching uh, Renaissance. Uh, literature survey and a Shakespeare course, primarily what I teach. Um, and I forgot what the questions were. Oh, okay. What do I teach? Well, that's a good question. I am also an English. <laughs> so hmm, some people might disagree with me using the word teacher at all. I've never taken a pedagogy class generally. I'm taking writing, pe writing pedagogy. But if you go into grad school, you try to get a, like a PhD in English to be a professor. Most of the time, you're not going to be required to take uh, pedagogical uh, classes or teaching required classes. So I often say instructor. Well, I don't know what that means. So. <laughs> um, pedagogy is like the, the philosophy of learning um, and teaching. So um, you're not required to take classes on how to be a teacher, um, which is weird. So I usually call myself an instructor because um, some people don't appreciate that. Buster, don't eat my soup. That explains a lot about college professors now, now that I know. Yeah, so some of them are naturally, you know, good at it, and some of them aren't, and you usually don't get any real, you might get sort of uh, your advisor, um, you know, observing you and sort of um, helping you through that, but um, also some uh, professors are more interested in research than they are in teaching. I happen to be teaching focused. That's what I primarily want to do. Um, you did not sign on to this uh podcast episode to hear about the difference between teachers and uh, instructors, so I will stop talking about it. Um, <laughs> but if I uh, teach, would I be teaching in Star Wars? Probably something similar uh, to what uh, to what Fern said, um, although I do love the restric restricted section of the library, the Bogan collection, um, so if I could work in a in the library um, and tell people to not go there to like the restricted section, that would kind of be my dream. Um, Best student, I agree, would be Reith. Worst student, it's really hard to tell because we don't see a lot of in-class. Uh, but in terms of teachability, Anakin does multiple times not learn the lesson he's being explicitly taught. So um, that would be hard to be, you know, like people brag on Luminera for trying to teach him the exact lesson that he needed to learn in order to not become a Sith Lord, for example. So... No, I'm caught up. Now, now we can see everybody. All right, that's my answer. I'm I'm done speaking now. Cool. Awesome. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I love it. And yeah, no, you are you're absolutely correct uh, for a lot of things. And I, I I do feel like Luminar gets gets too much hate for the um <laughs> for for what happens. Um, she's not. She doesn't get off Scott clean, but, uh, but, but yeah. Um, awesome. And we seem to have lost Matt, but I'm sure he is going to pop back up momentarily. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and jump forward. Uh, here he goes. Need to make sure he is 
<laughs> I'm back. Okay. Appreciate it. What happened? All, all of the things. Actually, the whole podcast is over, so yeah, I, 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 I apologize. Um, no, oh. I, <laughs> no I, I want to um, uh, go around now and also find out about how you guys got into Star Wars. Um, you know, what's, what's your favorite part of it and how has it shaped you? Because I feel like for, for most of us here, it has shaped up uh, a lot of us. And, and actually, just before that, let me... Um, Let's 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 talk to the chat for a brief moment, because I asked what things they would teach, and we'll see what awesome answers we got. So I got um, no surprise there, Chris, Jedi lawyer, <laughs> Jedi and the law. Um, uh, uh, Camilla Borokawuki, what can I teach that will let me teach Padme? I don't think Padme went to school. I I think she was a. I think like a lot of. Uh, Nabulians. She was a prodigy and like just uh, was the leader of the planet. I don't know that she ever went to school. Uh, about, I have a lot of questions about the public school system on Naboo, but that's, that's a question for another time. It's all I can tell you is it's good. <laughs> it's uh, uh it, it produces a lot of a lot of really strong uh, <laughs> strong academic people. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, Francis, we want to change our answer. Jedi for folklore and teach uh, Comac. That would be awesome. Um, uh, Element would teach defense against the conspiracy of Grey. <laughs> I, I, I love it. And we're all uh, super stoked that we're going to have to start saying Dr. Julia. Dr. Julia Christine. I, I mean, uh, at some point in the future, if I ever finish my dissertation, then yes. But I'll let you know when that happens awesome wonderful all right but yeah how did everyone start getting into uh to star wars like what does it mean to them uh i'll go to go to sarah first oh awesome um so mine is a a visual uh answer because the internet is out in my home so i am at my parents house right now and i am in my brother's childhood bedroom so you can see there is star wars wallpaper on the wall um, these framed posters here were given out at uh, Burger King in the 80s. Um, I have like a how tall are you based on a, a Wookiee over here. And then I've got the toys. Um, so my dad liked Star Wars um, and watched them at the theaters when they first came out. And I think back in that time, it wasn't like fashionable to be an adult that was super into something like this. Um, can't imagine. Um, but he passed it on to us. He showed us Star Wars. I don't remember the first time I watched Star Wars, um, but I have very fond memories of playing with the action figures with my brother growing up. Um, specifically, he once dropped his Han Solo into like, a big drain that we were pretending was the Sarlacc pit and lost him forever. Oh. And he is now 35 years old and I still make fun of him for it. He still remembers how much he cried. So I feel like it really primed me for a life of uh, nerddom. It, it normalized it right off the bat. We, you know, um, so that's, you know, then later when I got into Harry Potter and, and Shakespeare and, and super, you know, kind of embraced it, it's, it, uh, you know, it was very natural. Although I do get very jealous of, I have a four and a half year old daughter um, who gets to get kids clothes that are Star Wars, um, which is not something I experienced being a young lady in the, uh, 
in the early 90s. There was not a lot of merch for me. Um, so we had to kind of make our own costumes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then, well, I mean, I still do, but um, yeah. So it, uh, it's, been, it's been passed down through many generations in my family. I'm now uh, making my daughter a third generation um, Star Wars fanatic. Awesome. And she will thank you for it eventually. Yeah. Or, or talk about you weirdly in therapy. But yeah. um, <laughs> I also, so I had a Han Solo action figure that was him um, on on Endor with the, with the coat. And I was remember playing with it in my backyard. And the, there's a little section in my backyard that to me looked a lot like like Endor, a miniature version from Northern California. It was not too far off. And so I had him spend the night to see if he could survive in the uh, in, in my makeshift Ewok village. And then my dog ate most of him. <laughs> okay, I, probably, I could probably find him. I know that I have him. We have the big, like, C-3PO and Darth Vader heads that open up and they have all the action figures inside. Um, and I have, they're somewhere in this house. I could probably, I'll text you my You both succeeded and, where Boba Fett failed. You, you know, and, 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 and Jabba, like they were going to try to get him in the, the Sarlacc pit and your brother did it successfully. So <laughs> yeah. I think that's actually very, um, very impressive. <laughs> it's, that's goals. Uh, it's, it's our goals, but, um, yeah. How about you, Julia? What would started getting you into it? Um, um, I actually, speaking of visual, speaking of visuals, um, this is, I found this recently at my, when I was at my mother's house, this is the episode one. Phantom Menace storybook, which has one of my favorite pictures I've ever seen. I just want everyone to see this. <laughs> Look at this. It's like this is the most naive image I think I've ever, I've ever witnessed in my life. Um, so that was my introduction. Um, was was the Phantom Menace? Um, I've been deeply in love with Obi Wan Kenobi since I was five or six years old. I can't remember exactly when that movie came out, before or after my birthday, but. Um, that was it. I was, a, I was a prequels child. And then I think I probably watched the original trilogy between one and two and then went from there. Um, I had a doll, an Obi-Wan like action figure that was the star of most of my Barbie related dramas. Um, many complex storylines were created. And I remember playing with friends and they'd be like, I don't understand why you don't have normal Ken dolls and you have this, like, don't worry about it. This is Obi-Wan. He's going to be here uh, as we play with our Barbies. I know like the, the slightly different size than everyone else, but just, we can just be imaginative and it will be fine. Well, we uh, love, a, we love a short King. Um, and yeah, exactly. And, and who's going to choose Ken over Obi-Wan, you know? Exactly. And yeah, I, I didn't let them anyway, so it was fine. Um, but my parents were not uh, huge Star Wars fans. My parents are, were nerdy in different ways, um, but not, um, not in that way. So my brother and I kind of got into it on our own. We very much were like, no, the prequels look cool. Like I'm six years old and this is uh, dope as hell. So I'm, I'm very much into this. I love it. I mean, real quick, I got to shout out, uh, uh, Santiago Rengoku. I would want to teach Anakin to change his fate. Um, and I also like that everyone isn't dumping on Anakin, but they're being real. That, and that's, that's what we love. You know, we, we, we recognize, we enjoy the character. He's not a role model. Um, <laughs> don't, don't do what he did. Uh, just, just saying. Um, how about you, Matt? Uh, so 
I pretty much got. I I can't even remember what Star Wars I watched first when I was a kid. I I was so young. I don't remember if it was the prequels or uh, the original. I think it was the original trilogy. But my earliest memories are from like the prequels because that's those are the movies I went to. I actually went to the movies physically to go see them. Uh, I pretty much kept Hasbro in business through the nineties. I bought so many action figures. <laughs> uh, the, the biggest thing we would do, uh, we would always play with the lightsabers. Anytime they ever came out with a new lightsaber, like we would, um, out in the summer, we would play like literally in the middle of the street with lightsabers, just going at each other. Those things hurt your hands Anybody who's ever played with them, like, seriously, you need to wear gloves when you use them because if you get hit, <laughs> they hurt. Uh, and we played for keeps. Um, <laughs> but I just remember, like, loving all of the movies. I pretty much watched all of them as they came out. I grew up with it. Um, it was one of my favorite series as a kid. I remember my first FX lightsaber. Um, I actually have it up there. I've been meaning to do a video about it. Um it was Mace Windu's one lightsaber and the, the, like the original ones, the heavy, heavy, like, and I remember playing with it quite literally almost the entire night or the entire weekend. I did not, it did not leave my side. I just kept turning it off and on, off and on, off, just to <laughs> see the blade go up. Cause it was just so cool. Um, I've loved all of the movies, even to this day, I still love all the movies. My favorite piece of star wars though has to be i think the clone wars tv show uh i i watched those when they came out and i've kind of kept up with it ever up to like season seven um and i think i like it so much because it has the nostalgia factor of the prequels that i really loved growing up with but it also you know as i got older i started to recognize some of maybe the writing issues and dialogue with the prequels that a lot of other people have pointed out. But I felt like as someone who studied a little bit of film in college, the Clone Wars kind of brought that nostalgia and kind of really good cinematography and, you know, mm -hmm. dialogue and animation and it brought it all together. So it was like the best of both worlds. No, that's good. I, I like that a lot. And, um, and Fern? Yeah, so I watched Star Wars as a kid, mostly with my dad and brother. Um, so I have like early memories of watching the movies. Um, but the first sort of moment where I became a fan myself um, was when I discovered, not a second callback in the first 20 minutes of this episode, but the June Watson Star Wars books um, when I was about 12 or 13 years old. And over the course of one summer, I um, just went back to the library and read as many of these books as I could, uh, never in the right order because they never had them, you know, in stock mm -hmm. at the library in sequential order. Um, and then that same summer, I watched The Clone Wars and watched the prequels really for the first time. Um, I think I had probably seen, seen them before, but I had not paid a ton of attention um, and just over the course of this one summer fell totally in love with Star Wars. And I think a big part of it for me was that um, what I knew of Star Wars up until that point was mostly contained to the original trilogy, like a little bit of knowledge of the prequels um, that was sort of passed on to me from my younger brother, actually. Um, 
but to suddenly get to explore these familiar characters and like very different points in their life, um, very different circumstances than I was familiar with felt really exciting um, and like opened up so many possibilities. And so like I started writing Star Wars fan fiction that same summer and it was just a new way to explore. Um, it, it, there were lots of new stories to explore. And I think that's what made it finally click in my brain for me that I, I really loved this world and wanted to, you know, explore it some more. Oh, I, I love it. Okay. Um, well, so, you know, we, we all became fans pretty young and, uh, I guess the, the other part of it is how has it, how has it shaped us as well as, is this linked to how you guys teach or what made you want to teach? Is there, is there any sort of connection? And this one, I'll, I'll kind of open it up because I, I want this to be a f conversation. I want to hear if you guys have similar experiences and, and all that stuff. Um, you know, I guess I'll, I'll say, I'll tell Matt to start, but everyone else feel free to jump in. So, um, I actually, I did not go to school for teaching. Teaching is something that kind of just happened. Um, I went to school for illustration and visual development, uh, and actually ended up working at Hasbro for a couple of years, um, after college, uh, because I was always, I never really grew up. I always loved toys. I tried to get to the Star Wars department so many times, didn't get in, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> but um, I was a very outgoing person. I was a very, you know, kind of hands-on person. Um, and I, I unfortunately ended up getting let go from Hasbro after so many years. And while I was trying to find a new job in the industry, my mom was kind of just like, you'd be a good teacher. Why don't you just go do that? And I'm like, mm, you know, maybe, yeah. So I, I took the tests because I did have a degree. So in Massachusetts, if you have a degree, you can just take the MTELs. So uh, you can just take the tests in whatever field you want to go into. I did. I ended up subbing for a little bit in 2017. I started it and just immediately fell in love with it. And I... I've been teaching full-time since 2018. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of just, I stumbled into it, but it, it was never something that was really planned, but it was, I, I love it. And nice. I don't think I could see myself really doing anything else. What, uh, what subject? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so I guess this sort of ties into like, so I, I couldn't really find a way to tie it into like Star Wars and stuff. And how it inspired if, me. But, if it doesn't tie in, it doesn't tie in. That's cool. I'm, it, I'm along for the ride. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> it does tie in a little bit. So I teach um, graphic design and digital photography. Uh, I, I, I did some visual development work uh, in college. That's what I kind of studied in because I liked movies and I wanted to do pre-production work for animation. So... Um, that's why I guess the Clone Wars is also one of my favorite shows. It's because I'm an animation nerd. So, you know, being able to teach that kind of stuff, you know, to kids, um, is, is really important to me. So kind of like that visual art style, like Lucas pioneered special effects, he pioneered design, um, and characters and world building. So, I try to incorporate a lot of that stuff when I do teach, um, 
maybe not necessarily like specifically like guys we're gonna learn about star wars today we're gonna try to tie everything into star wars um i i i like i grew up watching that and like falling in love with the visual mm-hmm. media so it did inspire me to at least become an artist which you know then led to me being a teacher yeah absolutely um, I, uh, jumping off of becoming a teacher on oh. accident, I became a teacher, um, against my wishes. Um, <laughs> so my mom is a teacher and I was always like, I'm not going to be a teacher. Um, obviously I was a nerdy kid. I became a theater kid in high school. And then when I was a senior in high school, my theater teacher was like, Hey, why don't you work with some of the younger students and, you know, do improv games with them and stuff. And it was my first time working with them and teaching them the stuff. And I was like, damn it. (laughs) I like teaching them. And it was this very frustrating realization of like, Oh, okay. Yep. This is something I like doing. So, um, I went to college, floundered around for a bit as one does, um, in their first years of college. And then it became very clear as I started kind of substitute teaching for money, uh, for a little extra money. It was like, okay, I, I'm going to do this. Um, I do think that the English teacher, Star Wars fan, um, it, Venn diagram is, is very close to a circle. Um, I feel like a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, not to say anything against math, but I always tell people when they say, what do you teach? And I'm like, well, based on the everything about me, I teach English, you know, I'm a high school English teacher. So we do get to tackle Star Wars every once in a while, especially I teach a mythology and folklore course and we tackle the hero's journey. So obviously we're going to talk about Star Wars then. Um, and then we usually have, I, I am the English teacher that everyone like sits in there with lunch, you know, at lunch and they want to hang out with me, which is delightful. And so they'll have like uh, designated times with like, hang out with Miss Z while she yells about Star Wars visions, you know, uh, <laughs> I, it's that kind of thing where if they want to distract me and not do their work, they know they can be like, didn't a new episode of the Mandalorian come out last week? And I'll be like, Oh my God. You know? And then they're like, we're going to run out of time for our quiz, things like that. So I think it's more Star Wars is a tool for my students to distract me from what we're supposed to be talking about most of the time. And it's usually pretty effective. Man, I wish I had teachers as cool as you guys. <laughs> uh, I had a very similar journey. Uh, my mom is a teacher, but she teaches little kids first grade. Um, and so all growing up, people would ask me, do you want to teach like your mom? And the answer was no, like, not really. I'm not interested in it. And then um, when I was in college, I uh, was hired as a TA um, to work with one of my professors over the summer. He, he taught like high school students who would come on campus to do college courses over the summer. Um, and I just loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much. Um, and I don't think that I was going to dive straight into teaching from there. Like, I think I needed a little more of a push. And the push was, I was graduating college a year early and had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And so I decided, well, grad school, master's in teaching, let's do that. (laughs) Um, And it just turned out that like, I, I stumbled into something that I really love. Um, But it's funny when I look back now, because I see these connections that were never clear to me in the moment, but are clear in retrospect of um, the things I love about Star Wars are 
the moments between teachers and students, the relationships between teachers and students. I really believe that like that is what Star Wars is all about. It's about teachers and students. It's about the way we pass on knowledge. Um, and like I, the, the thing that drew me to um, especially like the prequel era stuff was caring about that mentorship between, you know, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and then Obi-Wan and Anakin and then Anakin and Ahsoka. Um, and then, you know, having this strange transition from having relationships like that with my professors and really looking up to them and, and, and valuing um, their knowledge and their insight um, to then shift to becoming more of that figure for my students. Um, it, yeah, th just just parallels that were not necessarily clear um, as I was like making decisions that led me to become a teacher, but just seems so obvious now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I um, I don't remember in high school when I decided that I wanted to be an English professor. I, I truly have no recollection of making that decision. Um, I don't, I applied to one undergraduate school and then I went to that school. Um, so I don't, it's kind of like a, a fugue state. I don't really remember the process of like deciding that was going to be what I did. I remember, I, I remember I started the semester after one day I was a BSED student and then I was like no and so then I dropped that and then I was just did a did a BA did a BA in English my mom got her uh, PhD when I was in elementary school and then she became a special education professor um, and so that was definitely a huge push in terms of higher education um, my I am the this is I mean it's great but I my mother uh, you know, has her doctorate and her mom, my grandmother has two master's degrees. So I did come from a line of like the expectations for postgraduate work was, was really high. It was just a matter of like, you're going to be a, a doctor, a lawyer or, or a professor. Like those are your options. Um, and I'm very fortunate that one of them was one that I wanted to pursue. Um, I knew I wanted to teach, but I wasn't sure that um, high school was really going to work well for me. Um, and so far teaching at the yeah, college level has been fantastic. Um, it's incredibly difficult to get a steady, reliable job in that field. So we'll see if I get to keep doing it. But um, in terms of connections with Star Wars, yeah, I do think the Venn diagram between English teachers and Star Wars fans is pretty much a circle. Um, the storytelling, um, I, I teach Shakespeare. So like to me, it's always been kind of obvious I'm like the big dramatic family conflicts with the wars and the the dramatic reveals and the betrayal that. Yeah, I, I know that I'm aware. I'm totally on board with what that is in the story. Um, so um, that is Maul and his know, whole deal. Maul is just he can't lie to me, Dave Filoni. I know that William Shakespeare got in a time machine and that time machine showed up at Dave Filoni's house and it said, I saw the prequels and I think you should bring Maul back. I have some notes. And then he revealed his plan for Maul's revenge arc. And then he said, I can't wait to see how it turns out. Um, and then got back in his time machine and just, you know, knew that he knew that he was planting seeds in a garden uh, he would never see, but that it was um, going to turn out really well for him. Um, I believe that's wrong. You can't tell me I'm wrong. Um, but another thing about this sort of PhD situation is something very specific I relate to in Star Wars is like, I know what it's like to have a grand uh, master. Like that's a thing I have. My PhD advisor has a PhD advisor who had a PhD advisor. 
that is a type of mentorship relationship that I am deeply familiar with where like the Padawan master relationship is very similar to what a lot of PhD advisorships are like where it's just you and this person um, learning uh, sort of as you go, learning from them. And you are in many ways learning from the lessons they learned from their advisor. And um, you're part of a, an academic lineage, which is a very weird concept to kind of wrap your head around. Um, but that's very similar to Jedi. It's like, they, you know, the disaster lineage, etc. I am part of a, of a lineage of, of sorts, except for Jedi, it's for, for academics. And so I don't know what it would be called. Probably just totally okay middle of the road lineage which is good for me I'm not saying that my advisor <laughs> is is not is bad i'm saying i think i'm probably like you're always just kind of like maybe bringing it down a little bit um due to the state of this sort of university system that's a joke but he's he's fantastic greg if you saw this this is not a dig at you um <laughs> well isn't that what you want though i mean you want you want to be the lowest and you know that's that's uh i, I think it yeah. i think it works I think it, uh, yeah, it makes everybody else look better by default, which is fun. Um, good for them. I, I love the mention of the mentor-mentee relationship because I thought about it and I was like, oh, that's why the Lego Star Wars holiday special is my favorite piece of Star Wars media because <laughs> it's all about that. It's all about learning to be a better teacher um, through all the greatest hits of, of mentor-mentee Jedi relationships. Yeah, yeah, when that uh, when that special came out, I was like, "Wow, they made this just for me." Just they for tapped you. into my brain, and they knew exactly what I wanted, and they gave it to me. Yeah, it's complicated because I feel like, you know, I am teaching people that are the age of Luke and Leia and Ray and Finn, and like young adults, sort of finding out who they are and like discovering themselves, um, but a lot of what we see in terms of like formal teaching in Star Wars is adolescence. And like, that is something I don't have a lot of experience with. And also seems incredibly complicated. It seems like you're responsible for more than just the formal education of your Padawan. You're responsible for like their holistic everything. And um, I feel like as teachers, even at university, I can understand like we're that idea of having boundaries between how much you get involved in like the personal lives of your students for example and the idea that as a master you just live with them <laughs> it's like it's, it's a very interesting dynamic to me yeah, how, it's clo a little, how close a little different. Yeah, but you and i feel very confident that that's why vernestra rowe is such a good student is she has less <laughs> entanglements uh, um mm -hmm. elsewhere and uh, yeah, you can't change my mind. Uh, Star Wars lawyer had to jump in and, and say, uh, Julia, was that a Hamilton reference um, nestled in there? I'm making an Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, playlist on Spotify. And unfortunately, I did realize that The World Was Wide Enough was the first song I thought of when I was making that playlist. So I've just been thinking about it a lot. I'm not proud of it. It's very <laughs> no I know it's very normy, but it's pretty much... I mean, who is Aaron Burr if not Anakin Skywalker? You know what I mean? <laughs> my, my students are constantly talking to me about Hamilton because their history teacher doesn't like Hamilton. Mm. So whenever they try to bring it up to her, she's like, go talk to Miss Sydney about it. Go talk to Missy about it. She's going to don't talk. I don't like Hamilton. So then they'll come into my class next and go, we have a Hamilton thing we have to talk to you about. Can, can I also throw, uh, in addition to English teacher, theater kid, there, there's, there's a Star Wars English teacher theater kid. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a whole thing. And I made a video about this, but that's what Maul needed. Sorry, I, I'm not on brand if I'm not talking about Maul at all times. But he needed to be a theater kid. That would have saved his life. Um, <laughs> I made a video about this. He needed he needed to be a Shakespearean actor. And if he had gotten that chance, he never. I mean, it's not his fault that he was abducted. I mean, he still was a Shakespearean actor. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Is he just no, didn't be, know that was a, like a I career? Can see in my um, mind's eye, you're like people don't talk like okay. that, dude. <laughs> He's just auditioning for something we don't we don't know about. It's all a big audition. Uh, Forward into the black said, you know, best quote from the sequels is, "We are what they grow beyond," and that's that mm-hmm. that teacher relationship you guys are are talking about. Um, man, I love. I'm sorry. I'm just just loving this this conversation. Um, that actually reminds me. That actually reminds me. Of, sorry, I didn't mean like because. I, I just remembered, I use Yoda's, I, I am like the resident, I like episode eight person. And My I favorite. used, go, go, go. What, are, are you specifically not saying the name of it? Because the name of it makes people angry? <laughs> no, I like The Last Jedi. I'll say it. Oh, okay. I like The Last If you say it three times, you actually summon <laughs> toxic fans. So just be careful because I've made that mistake in the past. And they're not no really past guests. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I get, yeah, I get tons of them. It's fine. Um, I actually, it, I'll, it'll always be my favorite. It was me and my fiance's first date. So, like, no matter what, it could have been absolute horrible tripe, and I would have loved it because of that. But I quote Yoda almost all the time in my class. Not necessarily, like, some, I don't think the kids have ever picked up on it. Because uh, if they knew I was quoting Yoda, they never would listen. Um, but I always tell them, like someone says like, oh, I screwed this up or, oh, I can't do this. I'm like, failure is the best teacher. Like we have to make mistakes in order to learn. Like, so I, I say that a lot. Nobody really has ever picked up on it. And thank God for that. But like a lot of them are like, oh, okay. That's <laughs> like works. me. I, I'm constantly quoting Game of Thrones to my daughter. Um, <laughs> the only time you can be brave is when you're afraid. I, t- I tell her that all the time, and I'm like, I know you're not picking up on this, but I'm very profound. <laughs> She's um, going to grow up and be like, my mom told me this. And they'll be like, what? <laughs> Gary told her teacher last week I was going to a wedding, and she said, um, I'm not allowed to come because they're going to drink the juice that makes them silly like kids. Um, I, Beth asked Maul's favorite Shakespeare play, um, would a Hamlet be too mainstream? Um, great question. I think it's Lear. I just think it's incredibly nihilistic and dark. Um, it's Lear or maybe Titus Andronicus. Titus Andronicus. Yeah, it depends on like which uh, old hermit Maul has sort of, you know, I, I refer to it as the Learification of Maul. Um, he's, he's grown into that role, but young Maul, Titus Andronicus, he's like, this is so cool. And his teacher would have been like, this is not, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're learning the wrong lesson. My, you do not need to cook anyone and put them in a pie. And he's like, my, already done my it. My tiny, tiny side note, specifically for you about Titus Andronicus is I went to an all girls private high school and my freshman year we did Titus Andronicus. Amazing. And I, I just, yeah, it was wild. And someone's uncle or something worked on like a horror movie set. So they had props of like hands and severed heads and, we had blood capsules. We just went for it. Uh, Eleanor Marsh in the chats said in regards to, to Maul, the whole galaxy is his stage. And that he's constantly auditioning for Iago at every moment. 
Oh, need to shout out Eleanor Marsh is my best friend in the entire world, and I'm so glad she's here. Okay, that's my my piece. Uh, Hi, Eleanor. Element Seven said, "Did someone quote Yoda?" And um, so I can represent Element properly, I'd have to say, "Found someone you have." <laughs> I, I I can't do voices very well. I, I leave that to Matt I, Lynn. I have not done the voice. I don't do the voice when I do when I do Yoda. I don't. I don't. I don't do that. That, <laughs> that never ends well. Although I have done voices in the class, um, and it always freaks the kids out. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Awesome. So, do do the students like it? Do, are are the, are the students generally into Star Wars and the other geeky stuff that you guys are into? Um, and, and the second question was, do the kids think you're cool? <laughs> no. I have made a very long career of tricking students into thinking I'm cool by having green hair, piercings, and tattoos. Um, so they think that I'm cool because I look different than their other teachers and then they get to know me and they're like, you're a giant loser. Um, <laughs> but I, I find that the ones that like Star Wars, it's either like, yes, they think I'm cool or no, they don't care about me at all. Um, but a lot of them, a lot of high schoolers, a lot of those kids are really into anime. We about anime a lot. Um, I'm not super into anime, so they like to trick me by telling me to like, oh, watch One Piece. It's really short. Um, and I'm like, I know that's not true. Um, but I'll have, when I'm in my actual office, I have like my Mandalorian helmet and my cosplay stuff behind me. So I usually throw it out like Easter eggs for them where they'll be like, Hey, is that a Mandalorian helmet? Or like, is that a lightsaber? Or, oh, is that, you know, the different nerdy stuff I kind of have around me. And then we use that to strike up a conversation. Um, but they're also, I, I, uh, I grew up with the originals and then I didn't have cable. So I did not have the ability to watch Clone Wars um, until like two years ago. Um, and I hated the prequels when they came out and didn't even watch the second one. So they all love the prequels, but I, you know, so there's a bit of a disconnect. I do have some arguments with them about uh, things every once in a while, but we can all agree that like lightsabers are dope. Um, and the Mandalorian is great. And like, the baby Yoda on my desk is cute. So like at that level, and especially with high schoolers, like you got to just get them engaged with you. Like, and that little hook is what gets them. So usually it's enough of a surface level of like, you have a lightsaber behind you. Lightsabers are cool. I also like star Wars and that's enough to be like, cool. We have an open dialogue now. Yeah. Now you say that, uh, I had a teacher, an English teacher, his name was Mr. Strom and he skateboarded. But he was like, and so he was instantly cool because I was, I mean, I lived for skateboarding back in the day. Um, and he was like this old school skater, but he was also the meanest and and was the hardest on people who skateboarded. And it was just, I don't know, it was funny. Um, but like he got a pass because he skateboarded. Um, it just, it just someone in the chat on YouTube asked how the high school kids feel about the sequels. Uh, they hate them. Uh, I got into my, my students also, my students do a podcast and we did a star Wars one for May the 4th. Um, and they were talking about Ray doesn't get to be a Skywalker. 
And I said, well, it's, she's allowed to change her name. And they were like, well, she can't just say it. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you miss the deleted scene where she went to the courthouse, pulled out the paperwork? <laughs> and then we were talking about Finn. And I said, well, Finn changed his name from, you know, FN2187. And they were like, well, yeah, he didn't want to be associated with something bad like the Empire. And I was like, okay, so it's okay for Finn, but not Ray Palpatine? <laughs> She gets that name and we got into a, there's like a whole, I think there's a, like a five minute long me like yelling at high school. Like, Ray doesn't get to do it. Mm. Haven't you ever, like you can get a name change. My brother just got married. You can go down and do it. Um, so yeah, they definitely don't like them. They're definitely prequels generation um, high schoolers uh, as of right now. So. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I, I was. I was like, that's so strange because they're like. 10 plus years younger than me and like I, I, being the actual demographic for the prequels I'm like how has that happened culturally where like the sequels should have been they would have been the demographic for them so that's so interesting to me that that's that's the case I'm fascinated by that I, I feel like that's how it how it worked last generation too though mm. um, uh, largely but I don't know there's a whole I know. <laughs> I was originals generation, and then I hated the sequels. So these guys are prequels generation, and they hate the sequels. They like the, mm. the, you know, the one before the newest one. So my child will like the sequels mm. and whatever the Obi Wan. What is this next? If she hates that, she'll just get kicked out of my house. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll break that cycle. Uh, any more stories on? Uh, your guys' kids thinking you're awesome or or just the worst? <laughs> I, I have to remember to not call them kids in my case because um, I am true. dealing with adults. And it's, there is the impulse to refer to them as kids because I um, teach a lot of first-year composition, teach a lot of freshmen. Um, I am pretty stealthy. I mean, I think they know that I'm a huge nerd. Like, my computer is covered in stickers, but they're covered in, like, Mandoa and then like Obatine stickers. So it's kind of like a deeper cut. Um, mm. No one has commented on them. I don't talk about Star Wars all that much except for in references. So I don't think they have any idea the level. Um, but I also like being mysterious. That's very fun for me. So I like to have a little bit of like, who knows what, what I do when I leave. <laughs> yeah. And I also don't see them as often as if uh, you're high school teacher. So I only see them twice a week. Um, and so I don't, unfortunately form sort of as strong bonds as I would if I saw them more frequently. So that's the kind of situation I've got going on. Yep. All right. Well, I got a lightning question for everyone. Who is the best teacher in star Wars? You guys thinking about it? Thinking about it? Who wants to go first? Yoda. I say Yoda. Cause everything that Luke did, he was on Dagobah for like 48 hours. And then everything in the next two movies was based on what he learned on Dagobah. So I got to say Yoda. Just for sheer, like, lessons to time ratio. <laughs> he has, like, a compressed yeah. knowledge nugget that he just, like, jammed in him. He's like, it's going to take, like, a year before this all settles. But, like, <laughs> trust the process. <laughs> I'm going to actually say Qui-Gon. Just because he brought us Obi-Wan who is, as I've said, the GOAT. But also because I find that he was a good mix of, you know, he was a part of the Jedi Order, but he kind of 
he went against it like Anakin did. He didn't really agree with everything that they did. He fought them a lot on some things. But essentially, he kept the values intact. So I think that if Anakin, or if Qui-Gon had not died, and he had taught Anakin, and he had seen a lot of the stuff, because Anakin was also against the Jedi Order and stuff, I think he would have sympathized with that, but taught him how to do it in a healthy way. I think Qui-Gon would have kept Anakin from turning. Uh, because I think he would have seen a lot of himself in Anakin and been like, because he fought the council a lot. And I think he had that good balance because, you know, he noticed some of the faults with the Jedi Order. And I, I always thought he was one of the wisest. You saying that makes me think, because my wife still speaks fondly, you know, years after being out of school uh, about her old history teacher who would be like, okay, so the book tells us to learn this, but that's not what happened. This is what happened. And, <laughs> and, it, would, and it would go off and it'd be like, this is, this is the history in the book. This is what happened from a, a different perspective. You know, do with all of this information what you will, but understand these things. So like it kind of feels like the same vibe with, uh, with Qui-Gon. I, I, I think it's interesting how many people are saying Kanan, and I, I don't disagree in terms of his quality, but I would have to say, going with the lineage, I think you got to say, obviously Mace was doing something right, and then Depa did something right, and then Kanan. I, so I think that there's a, there's a strength in that lineage in terms of teaching, where I feel like Mace Windu would have been harsh but fair, um, where like you would have gotten, he was following absolutely everything you needed to know, and I think the success of that lineage really shows um, whatever the program was that had been developed in that lineage really was working out well. It seemed to be a mixture of, um, you know, because compassion and empathy are, are central, um, but it's always sort of teaching the students skills and knowledge they need to know. Um, for the whether or not they want to learn those things, sometimes you have to, um, you know, push in directions that are uncomfortable for growth. And so I think uh, it seems like there was a sense of not boundary, but relationship there that we see um, that seems to have been very positive and very healthy. Um, and in terms of like the best teacher, it's really hard to say because I feel like um, we don't see a lot of successful outcomes because they don't make for interesting stories as much as failures and challenges. So like, I think, for example, Ray's probably going to be a great teacher, but we'll only catch back up with her if one of her students fails horribly, right? Like that's not, we're not going to see like Ray's successful Jedi school. That's not going to be super interesting for people. Um, and I find that fascinating. I will have to say about Yoda, something that I, I, I'm sorry, Element, if you're still here, I think he's one of those teachers that should have retired and had been teaching the same syllabus for like a couple hundred years and never <laughs> updated it and is not a, you know, had their heart in the right place and were teaching lessons that fit for a long, long time and circumstances changed and they didn't like change the material to sort of keep up to date with um, what the students needed. Um, Cause we see him so happily teaching kindergarten in the high Republic and seems to be successfully doing that. And then, you know, during the Clone Wars, it's like, you know, he um, he doesn't get to be a teacher anymore. And so um, it seems to be that he wasn't really able to sort of update that part of his teaching philosophy. I think they all need to write uh, teaching philosophy statements and then we can read them and then we can decide. <laughs> I know. I'm so <laughs> mad at Inslee Kanan because he is the love of my life. Um, 
But I guess I just don't think of him that way because I'm too busy being like. <laughs> I only think people like, yeah. people like, oh, what you want Obi Wan as your master, and I'm like, smooch face. What? I'm sorry. I'm just thinking it. I can't. That's not no because then we can't be together. Like that's not gonna. So no, I don't want that. Like I'm sorry. Element he updated it after he died. That doesn't count. Your Jedi <laughs> order has already fallen. That doesn't. It's too late. It's too late at that point. Like I'm glad he did it. He's like he's like the conservative politician who retires and then is suddenly like, actually, I've had these progressive views the whole time. And you're like, where was this when you were actually in the Senate? Uh, you can't just say these things now that you don't have the power to change them. I'm sorry, this has turned into me ranting about Yoda, but I do think he. Um, he did have uh, some some moments where it was like, great, this was would have been good to know when you were in charge of the Jedi. I'll stop now. I'm, my Yoda ranch is over. Well, well, the way you say that though makes me think of like, you know what what Matt uh, Mattman teaches. None of that was a thing when I was in school. That wasn't possible. You know what I mean? Like new stuff happens all the time, and there's always these big shifts in information and just society in general and we we kind of have to keep up yeah. to date with that and i <laughs> element you're arguing about numbers and you always say it's not about the number of Sith and number of jedi i don't think it's about the number of students that went to the dark side and the number that were successful the overall effect is what matters so mm-hmm. i'm saying he, he could have gone back to get some extra credits to keep I... up his his license I'm just Team Yoda because if I could whack a student on the head with a stick, love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's let's see. Uh, or uh, Fern, who who did yeah. you? I was your pick. So I have a very similar view to Julia, which is that even though I do believe Star Wars is about teaching, about teachers and students, a lot of, I mean. All of the teachers we see in Star Wars are deeply flawed, which is okay. We're all deeply flawed in our own ways. Um, But my answer is Kanan and not for the conventional reasons, I think. Um, I think he becomes the best teacher or at least the best teacher we've spent like a lot of time with within the Star Wars canon because he is bad at it when he first starts off. And Becoming a teacher is a process of learning for him at the same time that, you know, Ezra is undergoing this process of learning. Um, So I think he is able to become a great teacher because he starts from a place of really um, not knowing how to do that, how to fulfill that role. Um, And he has to learn how he has to be intentional about the decisions he makes um, and, and, and that helps him to become better at it that's interesting because that is literally the exact opposite of what you know julia said about yoda he's been teaching too long and wasn't able to update versus kanan who's fresh and is getting real-time feedback from his students yeah he doesn't have the system in place to support him and so kanan has to kind of figure out what to do without that system there supporting him. And he just has to kind of rely on, okay, what do I remember from being taught as a Padawan? What do I remember from Depa? Um, And there's also the impact of like the trauma of what being a a master means to him. And I think unfortunately a lot of the Jedi we see don't take on that mantle without it carrying a lot of emotional baggage um, or being complicated in an emotional way. you know, Obi-Wan wasn't ready to be a master, Um, you know, for example, so 
being forced to be a teacher when you're not ready for that relationship can be, you know, troubling and sort of sink or swim and can and put in the work to, to do what Ezra needed. Um, and yeah, he's, yeah, all, he's, he's definitely getting, a, you know, he's passing the praxis. It's not a problem. He's doing great. <laughs> And uh, in the chat, we have uh, Eleanor Marsh, um, our, our best friend, uh, collectively, Eleanor Marsh. <laughs> Kit Fisto, chillest man in the galaxy. Um, Harris Productions also says Kanan Jarrus. Um, let's see. I'm jealous, says uh, Qui-Gon or Yoda. Uh, I literally still use Qui-Gon as a moral compass. Uh, let's see. St. Pat with Qui-Gon. Um, Camilla with Jorah Mali. Nice. Uh, Ford and Black saying uh, Qui-Gon or Jarl DePaul. Uh, uh, let's see. Worst is Soren Kreez. Yeah, forget that. Um, <laughs> Haley Carilli at Coffee Work says, uh, says Kanan as well. Brooke just says failure is. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah, she, she's not wrong. Um, Star Wars lawyer, Bail Organa is the best teacher. When you actually read things like the way he looks at and, and teaches you know leia it's it's actually really sweet and princess of alderaan and um a little little tidbits in the ahsoka book um let's see here camilla says uh oh it's just proof <laughs> that leia that um bail and Bia are best uh co-teachers because just look at leia man these are awesome uh yeah, lots of awesome choices. As far as me, I have to say, and, and I'm, I'm super biased, and I'm, I fully admit this. This is out of sheer bias, and I can't back it up. But Plo Koon just seems to have that gentle touch, but but that firmness. You know what I mean? Like he just, I I, I don't know. I just like if he told me to do something, I would just do it and just trust, like. With the way he deals with those those clones, um, and he's like, you know, they're, they're, you aren't expendable to me. Like he could see that insecurity in them, and like knew what to say and how to say it and when to say it in his tonality. Um, he goes on that mission with um, uh, like a little short mission with uh, with Ahsoka, and is like we we can kind of see that everything I've seen of him leads me to believe he would be the best. I've seen very little of him. But all of it has been good. <laughs> I would also like to add, I think Ahsoka would be a really good teacher. I think we see um, throughout the Clone Wars these examples where she is put into these teaching positions, including at a certain academy that I don't know if Julia's planning yeah. on bringing up later. I've heard of it. Um, this academy. Where is that academy, Julia? So it's the Royal Academy of Government on Mandalore. You might not know this, but it's actually the same academy that Sabine went to. But earlier... Corky Kreese goes to this academy, but oh, later. Corky? It's Who's that? It. So Corky is <laughs> uh, Satine's nephew, and he goes to this academy again. Sabine goes to it later. It's a different school, same place, uh, and she teaches a lesson there. And then they overthrow the prime minister. So, like, I think she said, we could talk about corruption, or we could just destroy it. And I think that's, I think that's very effective. Project-based yeah. learning. Project-based learning. She's it. like, Corky was like, I think we should just go fix it and she's like okay and then they did that and I think that's really powerful but we see her you know with the young ones as well um we see her in these positions I mean even when she um 
spends her time with Trace and Rafa Martez, right? She, like, I don't want to say she's taking on a teaching role there exactly. Um, but I think there are these seeds that, like, had things gone differently, had things turned out a different way, I think Ahsoka would have been such a wonderful teacher. I think she was sort of being primed for that. Um, and I love to see how that's a part of her training is, is slowly being given this responsibility and taking on these teaching roles within the order. You can't bring up that arc without me thinking of a guest recently, Brian of the Pink Milk podcast. Uh, awesome dude. But every time it comes up, he it's 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 lesbian jumpsuit um ahsoka <laughs> yes it is no no you great great points uh harris productions also mentions the same arc i was talking about of plo Koon taking uh taking ahsoka and he takes her to the bar and asks do you want to test your theory he had he, he let he still had control of the situation but he he let the, the student make their own um, hypothesis and come to the conclusion and then be like, mm, you, you were wrong. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, oh, so shout out to that one dinosaur, uh, Professor Emeritus, who just kind of hangs out at the library um, when Ahsoka loses <laughs> her lightsaber and then they go on an adventure. I like him. He does a great job. Also, Loden, great storm. Um, you got to teach, you just kind of throw people out of like windows sometimes to teach them. You know what I mean? You just got to do it. Um, those are two uh, honorable mentions. Absolutely. Ah, I love it. No, those are all all good ones. All right. So, like, next question. I mean, that was that was meant as a lightning round, but it did. <laughs> we kind of exceeded that. Um, okay. I I have to, and I and I know not all of you teach kids, but the question comes up since you know a lot of you are English teachers. Um, is Star Wars for kids? And how do you think these lessons, these stories, this modern mythology affects young minds? I'm curious what you guys think about that. Uh, a resounding yes for me, but that's also coming from being the parent of a almost five-year-old now who loves Star Wars um, and loves watching The Mandalorian. Um, weirdly enough, I'm like, it's not too violent. She's fine. Um, I think that the, I, I think that a lot of us that love the originals can get kind of married to them, but I don't think those are for kids. And the reason why is they're so long. Um, we recently had her watch Empire Strikes Back for the first time. We were keeping her spoiler free. Um, and that's such a long movie. They're on Hoth for so long. Um, but with the cartoons, I mean, she loves Star Wars, Star Wars Rebels. She has a Sabine cosplay um, that she requested as soon as I got a 3D printer. Um, and she's enchanted, I think, by the imagery of it. I think she doesn't, you know, she can't go too deep on what's going on. Just like I think my students, like, like particularly my freshmen, my 14-year-olds, my probably aren't going super deep. They think that lightsabers are cool. And the force is cool. And then as they get, it's the same thing with any type of literature. As they get older, they're starting to see more things in it. They're starting to think more deeply about it. But I do think it can start, I mean, there's Star Wars material that can start at four years old. I mean, my daughter's, I mean, her middle name is Leia. So she's, <laughs> but she's not, and I want to stress that it wasn't like, like Star Wars or no candy. Like she, she I'll be 
I'll say, hey, what do you want to watch on TV? And she'll be like, I want to watch you, which is her code for The Mandalorian, because I do a Mandalorian cosplay, and she mm-hmm. doesn't make Yoda. Um, so she'll be like, oh, I want to watch the one where he first meets him, and, and she'll want to watch that. So I do think that we can get kind of, like, up on our high horse about, like, how, like, little Star Wars is so deep, but you can take it as deep or as complex as you want to. If you want to think about it deeply, and if you're capable of that, you can. If you think lightsabers are dope, that's a perfectly okay way to to watch it and experience Star Wars. Yeah, I, I love it. And how about you, Julia? Any thoughts? Um, I agree 100%. I, the whole time I'm just thinking, Stanley Fish, you did it. Rear response theory, here you go. Um, but yeah, the idea that Star Wars is, is that texts change over time based on your experiences with them, you know, it's pretty standard knowledge now, but uh, you know, the idea that that is a way that text transform, I think it is for kids, but it, it isn't, that doesn't mean it's also not for adults, but in terms of like the, the, the goal in terms of who, I think if you uh, create something with the intended audience of children, you have to create it with a level of sort of nuance and levels like you were describing where it can be accessed by multiple sort of uh, levels and as a result you get something that can be enjoyed by so many different generations of people if you're creating something that's you know an r-rated action movie for adults it's an r-rated action movie for adults you don't have to consider different perspectives of different ages of your audience and sort of build in those different levels and so it's a different assignment to do a star war because you have to consider to what extent you're sort of have your sort of central audience, but then different things that can be read in. And a lot of that's unintentional, right? The writers always sort of create things unintentionally that can be read. Um, there, of course, are like adult novels specifically for adults, right? But um, they're sort of diversifying now and they're children's books for children. But as a like entire universe of stories, um, it's for children in the way that stories are essential to empathy and learning. And so that's sort of where the foundational elements go um that's i guess kind of kind of my thought on it although i will say i probably yeah it's interesting to see how my own relationship with stars had changed over time when i was six years old i was just like the man with the weird ponytail is cute and i like him (laughs) and i still do think that but now i have like you know very sort of deep complex sort of thoughts about He's a role, he's kind of like Horatio and Hamlet, he's sort of the witness to these things, and he has to tell the story. Like, you know, that there's a core of truth there. Like, I like Obi-Wan, and then sort of how that's developed over time. And it's a lot of fun to, like, totally change your mind on things, too. So I think it's a lifelong uh, love that you can, like uh, you know, Sarah was saying, like, over time, change, and I love that. Um, but I do think, like, it's for kids, yes, and. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, Matt? So I'm going to give not the simplest answer, mm-hmm. but just like uh, I think it was marketed for kids, but I think it can be enjoyed by everybody. I think that it's and I think that there are some things that were definitely that definitely had adults in mind because like I'll look at the Clone Wars, for instance, and I'm just like, like, did they just walk into a bar like are those pole dancers? Like this is on Cartoon Network. Like, so, you know, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, they're for kids, but at the same time, it's like, you don't necessarily show this to young kids. Like there are some things that are like, you could say argue are like teen to young adult to like 
um, watching Asajj pull a guy, in, the clone, into a lightsaber <laughs> and then kiss him. And I was like, yeah. I feel funny. <laughs> right? Like, it's just kind of like, huh. Like, they're, they're, it's like those undertones that, like, you don't really think of until you're an adult. So, yes, it's made for kids, but it's something that you can enjoy throughout your entire life. Um <clears throat> And I, I see it more less from like a writing perspective and more from because I'm the art teacher. Obviously, I th- see things from more a creative perspective. Like when I was younger, um, like when I was drawing and stuff like I'd watch Star Wars and everything. I'm going to design my own pod racer. I'm going to design my own lightsaber. I, I drew so many versions of lightsabers in my notebooks. And I apologize to all the English teachers out there. Uh I, I was I had ADD like crazy. I'd be like the teacher would be saying one thing and I'd just be like I I I, I like to t- say I'm I'm a great teacher. I like to think of myself as a great teacher. I'm a terrible student. Um, like I would be doodling constantly and coming up with new ideas and new designs. And I think Star Wars inspires a lot of creative minds. Like a lot of people that grow up and make films. A lot of people that grow up and do like prop design say their inspiration was star wars like they watched that as a kid and was like look at how they're pushing visual effects it's going to be taught for years to come in 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 film school in in like any type of visual vfx design this will be taught forever as like the pioneer the 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 effects today hold up which is insane even even like you know they've been touched up a bit but even if you look at some of like the original footage it, it holds up like considering what they had at the time um and i think it's that inspiration and that creativity that is going to constantly push it still pushes me today like just to to be like this is why i got into doing what i do on on tiktok it's just like kind of like i still love this and i'm going to share what i love with everybody else and it it helps me become more creative like so it's, it's still inspiring me to this day, and I think it's going to continue to inspire me and a lot of other people for forever. I mean, that one's one scene that will play in my mind forever that's perfect. It's very slow, and it's very... It feels long, but the Millennium Falcon landing on the Death Star, and it's in that slow motion, and the music is, like, amping up. And that scene, that scene is... is is perfect even today like even without touching if you found you know the original it looks amazing and you're like what why is this why is this so good <laughs> how, do, how do they do this <laughs> um how about you how about you friend yeah i mean it feels almost trite to say just star wars is for everyone but like it, you know, the concept of children's literature, for example, as a genre, genre is relatively recent phenomenon, like separating out children's fiction from YA fiction, um, from adult fiction. I think this is recent, and I think it's not always as necessary as we might think it is. I think, you know, to echo what everyone has been saying, like Star Wars exists for all ages and so yes it's for kids it definitely is and yes it's for adults it definitely is and of course there will be a different response to it at each of those ages um but i think um as far as the impact it has on kids um like julia was saying earlier i think all forms of storytelling and 
receiving stories, reading them or watching them. Um, it's all an act of empathy, right? It's all like, this is a quote I put um, on my syllabus every year from a John Green video, but like, it's always an imagining of what it's like to be someone else. Um, I think Star Wars makes it easy to exercise that empathy. Um, and I liked what you were saying earlier about Star Wars being this sort of modern mythology, because I think it is in a lot of ways. And I think um, it's like priming us to recognize these archetypes and these stories um, that have existed for a very long time. So like I think of the first episode of um, Star Wars English class, we talked about Anakin Skywalker and the tragic hero, right? Um, this trope or archetype that has existed for a very long time. Um, so I guess like Star Wars is a gateway to other stories and that's great. I think that's great. I, I, I think it's really wonderful that like kids have that. Yeah, I I also like to think that it, um, is a way to explain painful and even shameful like historical events and frame them in a way that someone who's young, too young to look into Germany in the forties or, <laughs> or you know, uh, but but can understand. Okay, the the Wookies were enslaved. I like Chewbacca. That's bad. <laughs> you know? Um, so, I mean, like I like said, that is, you know, part of teaching the empathy portion of it. Um, and there's just, because nothing in Star Wars is a true one-to-one -one ratio, you know, Lucas was a student of history, but nothing is a direct one-to-one -one ratio. So you can just say, oh, this is that, this is that. I think it forces you to understand as a young person, complex ideas that you don't fully grasp until much later. And then you're like, oh, yeah, Palpatine did what Julius Caesar did, you know, or, or, or whatever. Um, I don't know. That's, that's kind of how I think about it. But, um, man, this has been an I amazing... I like the idea, Fern, that you said what you needed to say and just said, I'm, that's it. <laughs> it was very dramatic. <laughs> left. I was the trying to theater myself, kids. and I did hang up. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so th th I want to thank everyone for, for coming on. This has been a wonderful conversation that I've very, very much enjoyed. Um, if I can uh, go around one last time, and I'll have everyone say uh, once again where we can find you and your amazing content. Um as well as what you are expecting or looking forward to on Disney Day this Friday. Um, all right, and I will uh, start with Miss Marauder first. Yeah, hey, so uh, you can find me on TikTok at Ms. Marauder. Um, I am a tiny little content creator, so I'm not a, I'm not a big deal. Um, but uh, cons are coming back, and I'm going to be out cosplaying a lot of Star Wars stuff with my daughter, so expect some very chaotic videos of that. Um, if you like adorable children, I don't know. That seems like a weird plug. Um, <laughs> um, I'm hoping we get a scrap of Andor on Disney Plus Day um, because I I am a I am a Rogue One uh, fanatic. I love it. Um, 
and I I can't wait. Um, I know everyone's hoping for Obi Wan stuff. I'm also yes, but um, I'm I'm really I'm I'm Jones in for some um, Andor content. So if we get that, I'll be very very happy. Awesome, and uh, Julia. Buster, what do you want? Sorry, I had to make sure Buster um, made his made his podcast um, appearance. Um, so yeah, I think just for the sake of the Rogue One stands, Emily Stardust M needs Andor content for her well being, <laughs> and I feel so bad, um, you know, for the Rogue One stands. Um, I'm I'm I, you know very excited for that as well. I don't know the idea of getting like. A trailer this far in advance for Kenobi doesn't seem likely in terms of how they've been doing things, but I'm not sure. As I mentioned, five or six years old, I had a I had a, a doll played with my Barbies. Like I am at a level of like commitment to this man um, that I, I don't know if I'm. I think I might just like uh, implode. Like I might just cease to exist if I see a Kenobi trailer. So like if after Friday. I am like removed from the timeline. That's probably what happened is that I saw the content and it was too much. And there was like some sort of singularity um, that was reached. And then I just kind of like ceased to exist. So um, obviously we want, but I just kind of want to have a little bit more concrete understanding of all of the new projects coming up. Um, Cause we don't even really know what all of the, any of them are about plot wise, not that we did for like the Mandalorian. So I am excited to see Obi-Wan content, but also worried that it will cause a like paradox in the universe. So like, you know, tentatively excited. But yes, I'd love to know more about Andor too, because I know that they're wrapped filming that as well. So everyone, make sure you check on Julia after yeah, Friday, make sure just I'm to make sure okay. <laughs> is she safe? Um, all right. And uh, Mattman? So you can find me at the Matman Show. It's the underscore Matman underscore Show. I put it as my name here um, uh, on TikTok, and I would be very surprised if we did not get anything Star Wars at all. So I think we're definitely going to get something Star Wars. I don't care what it is. I will be happy. But I'm really, really hoping for, I'll be the basic one and say Kenobi, because I've been wanting this show for forever. I don't care if it's just a like a a like left to right shot of like the desert and then just the back of Obi-Wan's head. I just want something. Like that's all I'm asking for at this point. Um but I uh, I'm just gonna be excited for whatever they <laughs> whatever they dish out. Awesome. Uh, I love it. Uh, also uh, before going to Fern, I also real quick have to ask the chat because before we started, Julia was wondering whether or not she should do a reaction video for the f- if if we get something for the first time. So, does anyone in chat want to see Julia's reaction? Let us know. Um, we'll we'll see. Uh, but uh, Fern, hey, you can find me on TikTok at always Fern. I took a little bit of a hiatus, but I am making my way back onto the platform. Um, Fern also- back. Everybody celebrate. Get out in the streets. <laughs> Tell your friends. Spread the word. Um, I also do a podcast with Julia, Star Wars English Class. Uh, you can follow us on TikTok and Twitter at Swinglish Class. Um, I, I have no expectations for Disney Plus Day. I refuse to have expectations. Expectations means getting my ho- hopes up. And, and I just can't risk that right now. So uh, I'm going to stay, you know, if we, I, I share some of Julia's nervousness if we get any Kenobi stuff. I don't know um, if I'm in the 
sort of emotional place to receive that at this time. Um, but I, no expectations, just general excitement. Okay, I, I can res- I can respect that. Uh, it, hey, at least we're better than the Spider-Man fandom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're getting, you know, I because I, I definitely want a Julia reaction. We're getting Julia, you need to. Um, thinking, uh, yes. Um, yeah. Thoughts and prayers to Julia. <laughs> we're we're gonna need a, we're gonna need that reaction. Um, but more than that, once again, thank you guys all for being willing to come on here and, and nerd out. It's it's cool to like spend time with different subsections of, of the fandom and like see how things connect. All of you guys are gonna be welcome um, on you know back here if you haven't been here before for different topics. Um, Sarah I plan to go back through and, and do another Rogue One episode at some point in time. So you're pre-invited to that. But I started this podcast um, when I was a really small creator. And there was like, I just didn't know a lot of people. So if I can get you and Stardust M, like, I would just be so happy. Uh, that's that's all I, I would I would need. But there's, there's a lot of amazing people. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be great. Anyways, thank you for everyone in the chat um, for hanging out with us and everyone who's listening to this in the future, wherever, you know, podcasts are. You already know where it is because you're listening to it now. So I won't tell you. (laughs) Um, Also, uh, another quick announcement. And the details on this are still being uh, sort of worked out. But there's a few creators and I that are doing a tabletop RPG that is Star Wars themed. Um, we already have some amazing artwork. We're going to be, we're actually recording the whole thing tomorrow, but there'll be episodes that'll be coming out on the channel. Um, we're going to break it down probably into four different ones so that you guys can, uh, follow along with our journey and hopefully it's awesome and we do a lot more of them. So stay tuned for more news on that. Um, love everyone. Peace and may the force be with you always and also with you